Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Glad to have you along today as we preview the South Carolina-Florida game that's coming up Saturday, noon kickoff at Williams-Brice. Emerson Phillips joined by Matt O'Brien. He's our analyst from Gamecock Central and a former Gamecock football player. Matt now living in New York City, working for NBC Sports. Matt, glad to have you along again tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. How's it going, Emerson? Everything's good, my man. We're getting ready for South Carolina and Florida and the Gamecocks. First and foremost, Matt, uh, good to be back at home, I would think, for South Carolina. It feels like Carolina's not been at home in weeks. And, in fact, it has been a month since South Carolina played at home. They're coming off of two consecutive road games and a bye week as well. And we, we did have the Vanderbilt game in Columbia a month ago. But uh, the week prior, you know, the LSU game was moved to Baton Rouge due to the flooding here in South Carolina. So it's just been a strange year, and it feels like the Gamecocks haven't been at home in an awfully long time. Yeah, you're exactly right. It, it, it feels like it's been forever, and I'm sure it feels the same way to the players. But at the end of the day, the players got to go out there and, and play with the schedule they're given. To, they're given. Uh, obviously, there's nothing they can do with the LSU game with the, the tragic flooding that was happening in South Carolina, but they have to go out and uh, – perform to the best of their abilities with the schedule that's given. Matt, we've got uh, South Carolina with three consecutive home games to wrap up the regular season here, and the Gamecocks are going to need to win all three to get to a bowl game this year and to get to that 500 record. And uh, for Florida, they've already clinched the SEC East, and we talked earlier this week about Jim McElwain, their first-year head coach, becoming just the third head coach to win a division championship in the SEC in his first year. So talk about uh, Florida here. You know, What's at stake for them coming into this game in Columbia? They've already wrapped up the East, but they're very much in the playoff picture as well. So talk about the Gators a little bit and what's on the line this Saturday. Yeah, you know, the Gators are taking this kind of one game at a time. They're trying to close out the season with three consecutive wins. They not only want to get into the SEC championship game, but they want to win it and they want to make a claim to get into that national college football playoff. If they do so, if they're able to come come into the SEC championship game and win it, they have a they have as good a chance as anyone to make it into that final four. But as for the Gators themselves, they're very talented. They play fast. They play hard. They've won some tough games this year. They're obviously eight and one, six and one in conference. They're ranked eleventh in the country right now. Uh, but they're eight and one. They could be nine and zero if they hit on their play calls late in the game at LSU. So. With a few different play calls, we could talk, could be talking about a uh, top-five Florida team here. And uh, one of the things that impressed me is just how, how well Jim McElwain's done in his first year as the Florida head coach. LSU, the only loss for Florida this year, and that was right after Will Greer had been suspended for the year. So they started Treon Harris in that ball game, and I thought Florida, 
you know, looked very good at times against a good LSU team that night. Florida has continued to win despite the fact that they've been without Will Greer, their starting quarterback, and they're primarily a defense-based football team. Would you agree? Oh, 110%. I agree with that. Uh, Florida's been known for their defense over the past few years where they had Will Muschamp with DJ Durkin calling the plays. But now, even without those guys calling the plays, they still have those same very talented players on the field, and that's what shows each and every Saturday. Matt, a lot of folks thought that, you know, McIlwain might need a year or two or three to get Florida back on top of the SEC East, but he's done it here in his first year. Yeah, you know, some people weren't necessarily thrilled when Jim McIlwain was hired down at Florida. He wasn't exactly a big splash name, you know, someone everyone can kind of, all the, all the fans can kind of rally around and, and support and kind of brag about them bringing him in. He wasn't exactly like a, a big, like, you know, everyone's talking about John Gruden going places and stuff like that. That's not going to happen. He wasn't a big splash hire. But he is a great coach who gets the most out of his players, and uh, he really does a good job at kind of uh, tinkering his game plans each and every week to sort of bring out the best in each of each one of his players on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they have that great defense to lean on, but I didn't expect them to be eight and one at this time of the season. I don't really think many others did either. Yeah, I agree. Matt, talk about Florida's offense a little bit. What style of offense do they run? How do they move the football? What do they do offensively? Well, you know, uh, a lot of the talk, like you said, when Trayon Harris took over for Will Greer at quarterback, uh, what is the Florida offense going to look like? What are they going to do? What are they going to change? But not much really has changed since Trayon Harris took over at quarterback. You know, McIlwain shows a lot of different offensive looks. He gives defenses a lot to prepare for. But he does a good job of keeping his reads simple for his quarterbacks. And I think you see that in Trayon Harris on Saturdays. Matt, Florida's got uh, Kelvin Taylor as well. He's the son of Fred Taylor, a Florida Gator legend at running back and one of the great Florida Gators of all time. Kelvin Taylor, very solid at the running back position as well. Yeah, Kelvin Taylor is a a high school legend in the state of Florida. He's been playing varsity ball since eighth grade. He broke Emmett Smith's high school touchdown record in the state of Florida. But uh, he's not necessarily a superstar like his father was or, or was seen in the pros to be. But he, he's a very good back, he's very reliable, he's solid, and he fits exactly what McIlwain likes. And the thing that stands out the most about Taylor is he, he's just a touchdown machine. He has 11 on the year, and anytime the Gator offense gets near the red zone, they'll lean on Kelvin Taylor to move the chains and, and eventually punch it in for the score. Okay, and Florida's always got speed and athleticism at the wideout position, and they've got a group like that again this year. Tell us about them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Those Florida receivers, whether it be the, the wideouts, the slot guys, and even the tight ends, they're just built for speed. And it all starts with Demarcus Robinson. He's, he leads the team in receiving yards for the second straight year. He's a bit of a roller coaster ride in that he's not consistent on a week-to-week basis. He's up and down. He was even benched a few weeks ago uh, for violating, uh, I think it was one of the coach's rules. But anyway, he, he's still a very talented player. He's a guy who's very aggressive. And if he gets into a rhythm early, he's very, very dangerous. And they pair him up with Antonio Callaway, who's a true freshman at Booker T. Washington High School in uh, Miami. He's, he's a very good playmaker himself. He's, he's built with that Florida speed, like they like to say. And then there's some other talented guys at the, at the perimeter. Uh, you have Powell, who's also their kick returner. So they're all very athletic, all speedy, and they combine to make a very good wide receiving core for Florida. All right, so big picture, Matt. How can the Gamecocks best defend this Florida offense on Saturday? Their best chance is to follow the blueprint that Vanderbilt laid out. You know, it's, it's a bottle of Paris. Keep them from getting comfortable with uh, the defensive line getting pressure. Vanderbilt did a lot of three- and four-man fronts with the, use of, with the use of spies. Sort of forced Gators to get out of their element a little bit. 
and maybe le- have them lean on the rushing attack with Kelvin Taylor and some of those other guys rather than pat- air it out in the passing attack. Trayon Harris loves to pass over the middle. Obviously, that's where the Gamecocks have struggled, showing big open windows behind the linebackers. And also, they need to force some takeaways, and then at the end of the day, just focus. You know, Florida might have an explosive play because they, they have some very fast, some very athletic guys. But if they do give up the big play, it's just stay focused, stay under control, and go out and execute. Previewing the South Carolina-Florida game here on Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Matt O'Brien. We've got new smartphone apps available for you. Gamecock Central Radio's got a new Android app that is out. Simply search Gamecock Central Radio. We've also got the new iPhone app that is available now. And we're on iTunes. Just search Gamecock Central Radio. Matt, let's take a look at the other side of the ball now. Let's talk about the Gator defense. We, we both agree that that's the strength of this team. They are not only one of the top defensive units in the SEC, but among the best in the country. How do they do it? Yeah, you know, Florida, is, it's fun to watch them play over the past four or five years. Just Their defense comes out with such speed, such intensity, such swagger. It's a, it's a very fun team to watch from a defensive perspective. Now, they run a lot of man coverage because they do have the athletes along the defensive back positions to man up with receivers, which means that they're very aggressive in their blitzing. They have 27 sacks on the year, which is second in the SEC behind Alabama. And like we, like we talked about earlier, they just have tons of talent from the defensive line to the linebacker all the way to the defensive back. Talk about some of the top playmakers for this Florida defense. Yeah, the person who stands out the most is Vernon Hargraves III. He's the best man-to-man corner, in my opinion, in the entire country. And he has been for quite some time. I'd, I'd say a little over two years now. If he was draft eligible last year, he pr- likely would have been a first-rounder. But on the front end, the guys causing the pressure, they have John Bullard, who was a, a guy that South Carolina tried recruiting in the 2012 class. He leads the team in tackles for loss with 13s. They move him around a bit. They put him at defensive ends, defensive tackle, and he's really come on of late and really improved his draft stock. And then his counterpart, Alex McAllister, leads the team in sacks with six-and-a-half six which is the team best. He's he's very athletic. He's he, he plays with such good technique, and they move him around to, to really pick apart the offensive line's weakness. But the guy who leads the team, the guy who's the, the heart and soul of that unit, is Antonio Morrison at, at linebacker. He leads the team in tackles, and you, you can kind of think of him as their version of Sky Moore. All right, Matt. Brandon Wild's been very effective the last couple of weeks for South Carolina, and it looks like he's got his work cut out for him, as do all the Gamecock running backs, and the Gamecock offensive line will certainly be tested against this Florida defense that is stout. How will the Gamecocks go about attacking Florida? They do have a great rush defense, but South Carolina can't just abandon and run. They, they do have to, to run the ball at times with Brandon Wilds and David Williams and even move Farrell Cooper into the backfield to get him some touches back there to kind of keep the offense going. Slow the game get slow the game down and control the clock, but the South Carolina offense really needs to move some players around, and someone has to step up next to Farrell Cooper at the receiver position. We saw DJ Neal go down with an injury last week, so someone's going to have to step up in that number two slot. But it will, it will all come down to how Orth performs. He's going to have to perform with great composure under pressure. That Florida defense does a great job at mixing it up and getting to the quarterback, and he'll have to do a good job of just staying composed. Matt, last week we saw Sean Elliott mix it up by putting Jonathan Walton, a linebacker, you know, primarily a defensive player, in on offense, and Walton caught a touchdown pass last week in that Gamecock loss to Tennessee. So what about an X-factor player for South Carolina this week, somebody maybe that we haven't heard much of or somebody who hasn't been utilized a lot this year? Is there a chance that we have a new Jonathan Walton this week? I don't think it will necessarily be someone like Jonathan Walton, but Emerson, you're right. I think we do need an X-factor, and I think it will be Lorenzo Nunez. Florida has struggled against running QBs this year. Josh Dobbs of Tennessee had over 130 yards rushing against them on 18 attempts. 
So I think Lorenzo Nunez could be someone that G.A. Mangus and Coach Elliott think of this throw into the game, whether it be Wildcat or even just throwing him in on packages to run the offense completely. But he's someone who can hurt the Florida defense with his legs. They have shown the weakness against it in that area. We're previewing the South Carolina-Florida game here, noon kick, Saturday at Williams-Brice. This is Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Matt O'Brien. You can get breaking Gamecock news alerts delivered to your email inbox. Just text USC to 42828. Text USC to 42828. Or just go to the Gamecock Central homepage for more information. Matt, uh, final thoughts for this game? What's your feeling for the game? What are the chances the Gamecocks are going to start this three-game home stretch with a win? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that they get to return home. It's huge for Coach Elliott to be able to come in front of those home fans and really ignite the team with even more passion than they've been showing in recent weeks. But based on the Vanderbilt game that Florida showed last week, I have to like the Gamecocks' chances. Coach Elliott will obviously have the team ready to play intensity will have them focused and I think coach Mangus will have a great game plan for the Gator defense he's obviously a guy who played at Florida and started out as a graduate assistant there he loves to beat the Gators I can tell you that from my time down there he loves game planning and throwing in little things he and coach Spurrier put up put together some good game plans against the Gators he will have a good one again on Saturday but it will come down to execution for the players they can't start out slow on offense or even both sides of the ball and give up points early to Florida because if they do, they will not be able to come back against the Gators with how good their defense is. But overall, Emerson, I, I have to like the Gamecocks' chances. I'll, I'll pick them in the upset. Interesting. Gamecocks about an eight-point underdog heading into this game with Florida on Saturday. Matt, uh, I heard Todd Ellis, the voice of the Gamecocks, on local radio today here in Columbia, and he thinks the Gamecocks are going to beat Florida as well. Interesting that South Carolina has beaten Florida two years in a row and four the last five. But the Gamecocks really struggling this year, as we know, three and six overall, one and six in the conference, and you know the Gamecocks are bringing up the rear in the SEC East. And Florida has already clinched the East division, and despite the fact South Carolina is an eight-point dog, a lot of folks like the Gamecocks at home. It's kind of an interesting twist. Absolutely, the Gamecocks coming back to home is, is huge for the team. But Florida has shown a lot of weaknesses. They're obviously eight and one. They're very good. They've clinched the East. They're trying to finish out strong. But the Gamecocks are in position to sort of end their streak and take them out of contention and make it into that football playoff. That'll be something that Coach Elliott and Coach Mangus would love to do. Yeah, the Gamecocks have got plenty of incentive Saturday as well. South Carolina needs to win out to get to 500 and got uh, chances to win some games at home in front of the home crowd in what has been a very strange year for South Carolina, what with the coaching change and the flood and everything else that we've talked about this year. So, Matt, uh, Good analysis from you, as always. We appreciate your time, and we look forward to talking with you again next week here on Gamecock Central Radio. Yeah, looking forward to it, Emerson. Hopefully it'll be a, a Gamecock win we're talking about. All right, looking forward to being with you again next week. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. All right, that's Matt O'Brien. He's a production assistant for NBC Sports. He's a former Gamecock football player, played for the Gamecocks in 2010 and 2011. He's now a weekly analyst here on Gamecock Central Radio. So we'll be back to do it again next week. I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us here on Gamecock Central Radio. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.